Let's all stand up. Come on, stand up and stretch. Let's stand up and stretch and stretch your arms out. And everybody just take a big, deep breath and relax. And hallelujah. God, we just glorify you in this place. There's no, there's no guest here more welcome than you are. There's no one that we want more than you. There's no, there's nothing that we desire. Not even the things of God. Praise the Lord. Everybody look at me. I've got eight grandkids. One of them's name's Cora. She got a real scratchy voice. I was sitting on the couch. She is getting on my nerves because she's hopping like a bunny. She'll hop from one end of the couch, then she'd hop. And you know, kids, when they're little, they don't understand this area of your body. How many, have you, how many of you been hit? Man, she jumped right, she jumped, hit me, and I steer God, you know, she got on my nerves. But I didn't say anything. She just kept bouncing. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she just bounced and straddled me and grabbed me by my face. And she goes, Papa, I love you. I looked at her and I said, what do you want? <laughs> Why? She sought my face and not my hand. A lot of people in church, they take this prosperity message and they're seeking the hand of God. They're only seeking what they can get out of it. And they're not seeking His face. You seek His face, you get His hand. So I, you know, God's blessed us and we're at a place where we're, we really don't need that much to make us happy. We don't need much. Personally, we don't need much. But we need a whole lot for the kingdom. And I'm not ashamed to do what we do. The work that we do is worthy. Not because of me. Because it's His work. And we see the, we see the fruit of it. You can be seated. Listen, what, what's happening in the world. Let, can I give you a report? I'll give you a report. You're not going to hear this on Fox. You're not going to see it on CNN. God is alive and moving in the world. Fastest growing church in the world is in Iran. It's in Iran. A lot of people don't know that the mosques are empty in Iran. Now, let, maybe you don't understand this, but I, I think maybe you can identify. The government of Iran is completely out of touch with the people of Iran. Does that sound familiar to you? The people of Iran love America. They are some of the most gracious people. The people of Iran love Israel. It may shock you to know that. The revival is being fueled by teenage girls who are getting people saved in droves. They risk their life every day. I met, I flew to Germany to meet a man who was a former terrorist. Because the Lord 
wanted me to meet him. And he was a dangerous guy. Dangerous guy. And all I could tell you is God is moving in the world like he's taking nations like Syria, like Iran, like Iraq. And he's what's happening. Can't get people. A lot of churches cutting off their missions program. We're the first people they cut when things get tight. Because pastor's going to get his salary. Just saying how things are. A lot of people cutting out there. Now listen, I, I didn't have to preach tonight. That was so good. I, I don't know if y'all understand the value of a man that will preach like that. I don't know if you appreciate it or not, but I'm telling you, it's worth everything. To have somebody be that grounded and that solid. Listen, here's the deal. Winner's Church, y'all remind me of the church I got saved in. I got saved, I got born again accidentally in the United Pentecostal Church. Now, they're going to make heaven if and they don't shoot right past it. I got a feeling they're going to shoot past it and have to come back to it because of their zeal. And, 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 and there's nothing wrong with that. But I, I heard the Lord, uh, you know, instruct me. And, you know, I thought Ziggy's going to, he's just going to end up preaching what one of the things that the Lord gave me. And we're going to get into the other things. But, but it's this, and it's a very simple statement. If the devil cannot take something evil in you and twist it, what's his only other option? His only other option is to take something good in you and twist it. Eve had a desire to be wise, but her zeal to be wise got out of bounds. And she reached for something she shouldn't. Paul said about the, the Israel, I bear them records that they have zeal, but not according to knowledge. God does not mind the church being zealous as long as it stays grounded. You stay with this man, your zeal will be tempered by the wisdom that goes through that ministry gift. That just happened. So listen, this is what's happening all over the world. Refugees, people, anybody that's hungry for God, if they can't find Jesus in their nation, He is appearing to them. Well, I don't know if a lot of you just heard the report about Jesus just appearing to a lot of the Arabs in the Gaza Strip. And now they're trying to find how to live for Jesus. A bunch of them got saved recently in the Gaza Strip. Did you hear me? Jesus appeared to them. Appear to him. Tell me he can't appear to people. I believe he can. And then, and then, hungry people all over the nation, the church is coming together. I was in Burundi where, where, where I was told I could not even mention the genocide. I could not say the word Hutu or Tutsi, because God is, is still healing the wound. A lot of people don't know that the genocide began in Burundi, not Rwanda. They're just a smaller area, and they lost 350,000 people. 
murdered, murdered, and that blood still in the ground crying out. What's happening? God's answering it. The grandson that the, the grandson whose grandfather killed this guy's grandfather are now in church worshiping together. In two generations, they're worshiping together. We can't talk about it yet, but they're embracing each other. That's God. That's a miracle. We had, how many people in Burundi? 130-something, but there was 32 different, church, 32 different churches represented. And uh, when I got there, the man, the man our, our point guy, said, what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to end up uh, taking communion together. And he said, oh, he took a deep breath. He said, oh, brother. He said, please. He said, really? I said, oh, yeah. We're going to end this thing in communion with the leaders who are some of the most stubborn people in the world. We're going to just let me at them for two or three weeks. Because, I mean, you know, you young people on fire for Jesus. Come on now. Hungering for God. It's happening all over the world. All over the world. Glory to God. And I get to be a part of it. I'm so happy. My Lord and Heaven, I'm so happy. So, tonight I just wanted to, to say thank you to, uh, was it Rhonda and who else that did that basket? Miss Rhonda and who? Nakia? What a, listen, they put a buck knife in my basket. Do you, do you have any idea how cool that is? And they bought a little plaque that says, I love big bucks and I cannot lie. How absolutely Listen, that's over-the-top cool. I like all the chocolate and the cocoa and the healthy stuff, but that but when I saw that book, I said, Debbie, they, bought, they got me a knife that I can cut things with. I can gut a deer with this. I'm so excited. So thank you so much, and thank you so much for your, your kindness and your generosity and and, uh, you know, make no bones about it. We need every dime. We need every dime. Uh, I think uh, eight trips eight trips this year at 2000 a ticket. So, you know, that kind of lets you know where things are. And that's not counting what we're giving to them as we, as we sow into the lives. We sow Bibles. Into, we, we go places like Burundi, Malawi. They, they have maybe the book of Matthew. They might have a, a, a little book of Colossians. They don't have, they, you don't understand poverty on that level. To get a Bible is like getting gold given to you. They get that thing and they start crying. Amen. I'm in the, in the thing. I'm old school. I still go by notes and everything. and I don't trust myself. I, I believe if the Lord can tell you on the spot what he wants you to say, he can tell you early and you can write it down. I just want to encourage you to let you know that God is alive and moving all over the world. And, 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 and in Africa, listen to me, Islam is losing in East Africa. It's losing. It's losing. Listen, it's losing huge. Huge. You, you, you're not going to get the gospel out of Tanzania, Kenya, Uganda, you're not going to get the gospel out. They will fill the streets with their blood before they will give up the gospel. 
These people live on a level of faith that you, you and I are, are maybe not clear on. I rub shoulders with them every day. And I thank God for that, that type of faith. Uh, uh, let me give an example. Got a young guy named Johanna. I can tell the, these stories in a church like this. Johanna prayed for a 14-year-old girl that was raised from the dead. You know, when, when he told, y'all want to hear the story? Okay, listen. He's up on a mountain fasting. And he, and, and he fasts for I don't know how long. And he starts going down the mountain. He had a village he wanted to go to present the gospel. He knew they didn't have the gospel. So he wants to go left, but when he got to that point, the Holy Spirit said, don't go left, go right. Go to this other village. So he said, okay. He said, I know the voice of God, so I went that village. He said, when I entered that village, everybody, uh, half the village was, was at this house, and they were all screaming and carrying on and, and all that. And he said, I just stood there and asked the Lord. Now, I saw the girl in the casket, and I asked the Lord. I said, now, what's, what's happened here? And he said, the Lord said, that the parents made a covenant with the witch doctor to try to bless their finances, and it ricocheted into a curse on the girl, and that's why the girl died. They took something physically into their hand from the witch doctor. He stood right there. They went to their hut. They got that little, I don't know what it was. He made a little fire right there on the ground and said, get on your knees. They got on their knees. They gave their heart. He said, now I'm going to pray, and God's going to raise her from the dead. He walked over to the casket, and he told the girl, he said, in Jesus' name, you get up. And she sat up. In, she sat up. Now, so I said, I, said, I said, what happened? He said, well, it scared everybody. And he said, they all ran away. All the people, he said, they, everybody ran away. He said, but they caused such a, a commotion that the other village, half of the village that wasn't there, ran to see what happened. And I said, what did you do? Soft-spoken and sweet as he could be, he said, well, Pastor, I thought it was a good time to give an altar call. He goes, you know, and he said it just as calm. He said, you know, a lot of people got saved that day. You think? So this is what I said, you don't know, you don't, y'all don't know me, you think I'm so sweet. I said, Johanna, I said, listen to me, Johanna. If you're lying to me, I'll forgive you, but I won't be your friend anymore. I'm going to come across the nation, and I'm going to ask your superintendent if you're telling the truth. He said, come on. So I did just that. I rented a, a safari vehicle. I drove across the nation, and I got his superintendent. And I called him to a meeting with Johanna. And I said, this young man told me a story, and I'm, I'm here to see if it's true. And Johanna's just sitting there smiling. And the superintendent says, you mean about the girl that was raised from the dead? <laughs> he said, you know, he started four churches over that one miracle all in this region. And he said this. He said, every pastor he raised up has his same spirit. Come on, Jesus. Johanna just looked at me, did grinning. Well, I've got so many. I got so many of those stories. I don't. I. I can't even. Let me just say that God's moving. And you know, sometimes when you're led by the Holy Spirit, I don't want to make it sound like I'm. I'm, I'm smart because I'm. I'm just an average person. I did something in 19 years that was unconsciously. I did it unconsciously. 
I was not consciously being led by the Holy Spirit. I only realized I was being led after the fact, and I looked back and saw how the Lord led me. And this is what I mean. I presented it this way for 19 years. We only have plan A. Debbie knows. This is the way I talk to those leaders. Here's our plan. We're going to preach the gospel. The gospel is the power of God. doesn't say the gospel has the power of God. The Bible says the gospel is the power of God. So people say, oh, we need more, we, we need more power in the church. No, we don't. We just need more gospel. You get the gospel, you got the power. So I tell, I tell, I tell those people, this is what we're going to do. We're going to go where nobody wants to go. We're going to go to the very seat of Satan in every village in Tanzania. And we're going to preach the gospel. And we're going to start a church right at the most demonic place in the village or in the town. And we're going to pray and see signs and wonders and miracles. And when signs and wonders and miracles break out, we're going to start churches and raise up leaders. That's it. That's all I said. For 19 years, that's all I said. That's the plan. Go do it. I had a, I had a young girl come back. Her name's Opendo. Opendo was a single uh, 20-something-year-old African girl with a big gap between her front teeth and had real strong legs. She's a real athletic build. She came to see me after two years. Opendo means love in Swahili. I said, Opendo, what have you been doing? She looked at me like I was strange. She said, I've been doing what you told me to do. I said, well, which part? She said, I've been starting churches in the unreached people groups of Tanzania. I said, well, tell me about the life. She said, I, I clean houses in Arusha and save my money. When I get enough money, I buy a bus ticket and go out in the bush. She said, there's a place out in the bush that I go to. And she told me how many kilometers. And when I got home, I, I looked it up. It was 21-mile circuit. She walked in the bush 21 miles. And in two years, she raised up four churches. In two years, she raised up four churches. Now, get this. Why? We don't get hung up on titles. Well, I thought you have to be an apostle to do it. Look, shut up. Just go, just go, look. Here's the gospel. Take the gospel. Go preach the gospel. This is how you start a church. You preach the gospel. You have miracles, signs, and wonders. You raise up leaders, and you move on. So she said, I've been doing what you told me. She takes one bag full of food, one bag full of books, and she goes out in the bush and walks 21 miles and raises up four churches in two years. Somebody give God praise. Hallelujah. Gross darkness shall cover the people. And this is what's going to happen in America. We're going to see in 2024 an extreme twofold revival. A revival of glory and a revival of darkness. The church will seemingly look smaller, but that's only because that the, 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 the fake church is tearing apart from the real church. So it'll seem like the church has gotten smaller and weaker, but what's actually happening is the church is splitting from the remnant from the false. That's happening. 
Pockets of revival will break out. Winner's church will be a pocket. Winner's church is a pocket. It's a pocket of revival. And even, listen, even false revivals that turn out to have a secret agenda, but those agendas will be exposed. And even though they're exposed, some will choose to go along with the deception. Here's some more things. Ugliness and mean-spirited strife will raise its head again. It's going to get ugly. 2019, I was called to a meeting by some very spiritual people. And we got together and we, I was in Arusha, Tanzania, and we prayed. Prayed in tongues for an hour. Then we said, let's talk about what we see God doing in 2020. And you know, I guess every party needs a pooper. That's why they invited me. Because <laughs> you know... We prayed. These are, listen, these are real, these are heavyweight spiritual people. These aren't fly-by-nighters. We didn't do anything. We didn't talk. We just prayed, prayed in tongues for a solid hour. And then we went around the room, and, you know, I'm not putting down anybody, but people are saying, you know, 2020 is going to be a year of plenty. No, 2020, we're going to have perfect vision. And blah, 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 blah. It went on and on. They got to me, and I said, 2020 is going to suck. I don't have nothing but a foreboding in my spirit. And of course, you know, that nobody got excited by what I said, but it was, I said, it's going to be horrible, and it's going to be worldwide. There's going to be racial, racial things kick up again. And, uh, you know, got in the car, and Debbie said, you didn't share everything. I said, no, I didn't. I said, I don't, I don't know what it's going to be, but it's going to be on a huge scale, and it's going to be horrible. You know, the Holy Spirit will prepare you he says these things not to be a downer. He says these things. So this is what I hear in the spirit. I'm telling you what I'm seeing and I'm telling you what I'm hearing. And then I'm, we're going to have a time of, of, of prayer and impartation. You know, I've traveled on planes a lot. And they always, they always go over these instructions. And they have a, they have a thing about when things go bad, they, they call out and they say, brace yourself. And they, tell you to get, they show you how to get into a brace yourself position. And that's what I'm hearing. Church, better brace yourself. Now, where we missed it in 2020 by making politics Lord instead of Jesus and thinking that politics is our answer, let's don't do the same thing again. I had, I had ministers rebuking me because they, they, they said, what do, you, what do you see about the election? That's what I'm going to tell you about. I'm not going to tell you what I see about the election. You know? And so a couple of them are pretty close friends. I said, look, you can tell me, tell me privately, you know, what do you think? I said, Trump's not going to get reelected. Oh, brother, where's your faith? I don't say, where's yours? Where's yours? Trump's not going to get elected. He's not going to get reelected again. So I'm, I'm sorry if that, if that turns your apple crate over, but maybe you got your apples in the wrong crate. Listen to me. There is nothing in this world that should separate me from the body of Christ. There is nothing. There is no politics. I don't care how you vote. I ain't leaving you. You might leave me, but I ain't leaving you. I don't care how you vote. Because what we got to do is bigger than your political party. 
And, it, it, and, and, and politics is not going to cure what's wrong with America. It's not. We've got to have revival, brother. We've got to have it. So I'm just talking about, just, I don't claim to be a prophet. I don't claim to be anything. Judge not will be trumpeted from the world. And many in the church will pick up the cry. Let me give you a small teaching on it. Judge not. It's from Matthew 7, verses 1 to 6. You have to go always six verses so you mess up. Verses 1 about judge not that you be not judged. The Greek word is karina. Karina is a natural, fleshly, natural discernment. Supernatural judgment where you see something the way God sees it and you call it the way God calls it. You say, how do you, how do you know it's that way? All right, I don't have time to get, get deep in the, in the teaching, so y'all just look it up later. Stop and think about what Jesus said in Matthew 7. He says, judge not, judge not. For the way, same way you carina, you're going to be carinaed. If you use natural, shallow, super judgmental, super critical, fleshly, hyper hypocritical judgment on somebody else, that's what's going to come around to you. Then it's interesting in verse 6, he says, Don't throw your pearls before swine, and don't give what's holy to dogs. Wow. You think he's talking about dogs and pigs? What's he talking about? Sorry, go ahead and say it. He's talking about people. Man, you just said judge not. He says judge not. When he gets through saying judge not, he says don't give what's holy to dogs. And don't cast your pearl before swine. He's calling people dogs and swine. And he just got through saying judge not. Now, did he break his own word? No, he Anna Karina. Yes. Huh? Yes. Come on. Yes. Huh? Ananias and Sapphira bring that big fat check to the church, oh, yeah. and the church is singing their praise. They are Karina. They are Karina, Ananias and Sapphira. But Peter, by the Holy Ghost, Anna Karina's. Oh, right. Is this all the money? Anna Karina sees what can't be seen. Karina is a picture. Anna Karina is the x-ray. Paul the apostle looks, Saul looks dangerous. We got to stay away from him. I want you to go minister to this man. No, Lord, I've heard he's dangerous. You Karina, you Karina. No, no, no. He's not dangerous. He's a chosen vessel. God and a Karina, Saul. <laughs> Judge not doesn't mean I can't look at you and say, Brother, if you're sleeping with a woman that's not your wife, that's adultery. Don't judge me. Oh, shut up. Listen to me. If you're sleeping with a woman that is not your wife, that is adultery. If you're not married and you're having sex, that's fornication. And the Bible tells me I shouldn't even sit down and have a sandwich with you. 
Don't even eat with fornicators. Just not. I ain't Karina you. You're the one told me you sleeping around. Duh. I don't even have to have the Holy Ghost to tell you that's wrong. Stop it. Hallelujah. Don't have time to teach on it. I got a whole two-hour teaching on that. I go through all the Bible and I talk a show where people, Karina and Anna Karina, and what do I see here? Many here will take the first step into a completely different new thing. I'm talking about this church and people associated. A year of boldness and daring. A year of new assignments. Others... It will be a step of fullness as God expands you and you will be stretched. That can happen in a, and listen to me. That can happen in an instant. Now the Lord uses me and if I said, he, if I said it any different, it'd be lie. I lay hands on people. Most of the time they don't feel anything. But later on, they get home and they go, ooh, I, something happened. I got something was deposited. But when you laid hands on me, I didn't feel anything. That's because you're trying to you're trying to feel me instead of connect with the Holy Ghost. I'm just a point of contact to connect you with with, with the hand of God. That's all. So when the Lord is, is about to enlarge you, He's going to awaken in you something that you didn't know you had, or He's going to bring more equipment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's get to this quick. What the laying on of hands cannot do. The laying on of hands cannot give you a relationship with God. The laying on of hands cannot fix your character. The laying on of hands cannot overpower your will. Let me say that again. What the laying on of hands cannot do. It cannot give you a relationship with God. It cannot fix your character issues. And it cannot overpower your will. What the laying on of hands can do. Let's look at this in scripture. Deuteronomy. You can pull it up. Somebody whoever does that. Deuteronomy. Pull that up. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Pull that up. Now in no way am I comparing myself to Moses. In no stinking way. I'm just trying to show you a principle. Deuteronomy 34, 9, And Joshua, the son of Nun, was full of the spirit of wisdom, for Moses had laid his hands on him. And all I can tell you is this. If you're here tonight and you have a similar calling to me to raise up leaders and go to other nations, something's going to spark tonight. When I lay hands on you, you'll get an insatiable hunger for the nations of the world. I couldn't not do what I'm doing. I can't not do it. I know that's a double negative. I can't not. I, 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 I'm here for three months. This is the largest break I've got in the year. Because once March stop, starts, it, it, I don't stop until uh, December. I can't be in the States over three months. I'll start getting the hives or something. I'll start feel like I'm on breakout. I have got to get on foreign soil. I have got to get in front of leaders. I have got to do what I've got to do. And I don't have much time. We don't have the time we think we got. So the Lord's putting me in strategic places at strategic times 
with strategic people. And that's what's happening. So if you have a similar calling uh, at all to go to other nations, something will happen when I lay hands on you. Uh, the, the other thing will happen, Romans 1, verse 11, Romans 1, Paul said, I've desired to come to you that I might impart a spiritual gift to the end that you may be established. There can be a spiritual gift transmitted by the laying on of hands that I may impart impart to you some spiritual gift. And it's not, listen, please, it's not because I am anything. In fact, I will, um, I will underwhelm you with how I lay hands on you. I will underwhelm you how, how, how gentle I am about it. I don't want you to be thinking about me. I want you to connect with God. Look at what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Verse 6, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 6. He said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that you stir up the gift of God, which is in you by the putting on of my hands. Wow. God uses something just as simple as laying on the hands to transmit something into somebody's spirit. Can you say Amen. Now listen, you don't want me laying hands on you. Don't come up. I understand completely. You, you feel uncomfortable with that? Don't, 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 don't come up. But I'm telling you, I believe that this is a revival church. And I believe that there's going to be people in here that you're going to get downloaded tonight. You're going to get downloaded tonight. So let's start right here. Y'all come up here. You too. Don't be surprised if you kick off in tongues and that's going to bump him where he needs to be and he'll interpret that. It'll work in prophecy. It'll work to a church and it'll just be strange. You just feel weird. You don't really, you know, I just see it. I see it more of a blending of your ministry now where before it's just been all Ziggy. I think now it's a partnership that's developing. And it's going to be a powerhouse. I mean, you're just, it's going to be a powerhouse. So also, not preaching. I know preaching, but what I saw was teaching. More of, I mean, line on line teaching. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Would y'all stretch your hands out this way? Lord, we thank you. Not looking at people, our eyes are on you. Holy Ghost deposits happen by the laying on of hands. Deb and I, we lay hands on, on you in the name of the head of the church. The head of the church. He that sits on the throne. The government is on his shoulders. Now, as you take more of a pastoral role, don't allow anxiety to be a part of it. You're not responsible for the people. You're responsible to them. There's a big difference. So that this doesn't become an avenue of anxiety in your life. The Lord's going to use you in more of a pastoral way to complement Ziggy, you'll be strong where he's weak.
And you'll hold up his arms in a greater way than you ever have. And you'll be a blessing to many people. They'll see you and they'll say, well, she's turned into a completely different person. We never saw that coming. So just be, be open for new things and, and, and realize that this teaching gift is not about mental acuity. It's about perceiving truth by the Holy Spirit and being able to communicate it in ways that people can receive it. Lord, thank you for that anointing. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I just see increase, increase, more of a prophetic and, and not, not, I'm not calling you a prophet's ministry, but more of a prophetic edge. She prophesy over churches, prophesy over people. You'll see the hand of the Lord bring balance, bring correction, bring things back in order and sustain the move of God. Where the devil would try to shipwreck it, you'll bring the ship back to true north. And the Holy Spirit will continue to move because of the sweet nature that you bring correction. You'll do it in such a sweet way, it'll be received and it won't be controversy. Let's lift our hands and worship him. Wait, sweetheart. Wait, sweetheart. Praise the Lord. All right. Come up here. And uh, if, if, if the leadership of the church, the people that are in leadership, I think you know who you are. If you would come up here first, I would, I would like to lay hands on you. People that are, that are in leadership uh, places here, if you would come up and just come. Would, y'all, the, uh, uh, would y'all, the rest of you feel comfortable standing up and praying, quietly praying, praying together? Can we do that? If you don't want to stand up, if you want to rest, go ahead. I just want you to be activated. Whether you stand or whether you sit, I want you to be activated right now. Hallelujah. Now, listen to me. Don't be asking God to give you a word through me. Don't do that. You pull on the anointing in a way that's not right, and it'll, it'll jankety things up. Just receive. Just say, I'm going to receive what I need. I'm going to receive an impartation. I'm going to receive an impartation. I might say something. I might not say a thing. But I promise you, I'm not going to take my hand off till I sense the anointing has touched you. Now, hallelujah, get ready for expansion. You're not going to have to work a job forever. You're not going to have to earn money like that forever. I don't know how the Lord's going to supply you. But I see the Lord supernaturally supplying your need where you are in I want to turn turn me loose in the street. He ain't going to turn you loose in the street, but he's going to give you a platform. So be ready to do do the thing you used to think was icky and that you didn't want to do and you'll feel like a duck out of water. You want to know why you're going to feel that way? Because you are. But I'm just going to tell you, listen, when they don't receive you, don't worry. You're not there for everybody. You're there to spark revival in the ones that are hungry. The ones that won't receive it, don't even, don't even love them and just move on. Don't even worry about it. 
They might, they might say all kind of evil against you. Don't even, don't even think about it. Don't even more stretch your hands out. Deposit, 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 deposit. Holy Ghost. Lord, make, make a way. Supply her need. She needs to be loose financially. Or she can run, 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 run. She don't have to. Not that she's unwilling. We know that she's willing to work and work hard. And I'm telling you, the Lord is going to bless you. I don't know how that's going to work out. It's none of my business. Stretch your hands out this way. Father, thank you for every person. Leadership of this church. I'm fixing to get close to this, so you might all turn that off. Thank you. 